All right. Uh, good evening, Germany, and uh, welcome to the week two edition of the Pits and Peril podcast. Um, Todd is still on his poorly timed European vacation, so I'm your host uh, for the week yet again, your faithful commissioner, uh, Anthony Ozaki. So I'm joined, as always, by our high scorer from uh, week one, uh, Alex Holden. How's it going, man? Hey, I'm great. I and I so appreciate you, Twiz, having to introduce who you are, uh, the, the Commission of the Year. So uh, everyone now knows that yes, the Commission is hosting this pot instead of uh, Todd, which uh, hopefully I think we can all get used to. Yeah, well, I'm uh, I'm hoping at some point soon I can go back to being just a regular listener again because I think I did a lot of the playoff ones as well last year. So uh, it's been uh, been on a little streak here, but um, yeah, we've got uh, week one in the books. I mean, what a time to be alive back on the red zone, just crushing hours of football on a, on a Sunday night for me over here. Um, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I missed it. It's so good to see it. Mish. I mean, to be back, you can smell it, right? You can smell the fantasy football, the sweat in our own private offices, right? We can see the look in our wives' eyes when we don't say hi to them or our kids nearly as often. I wouldn't know the second part, but man, it's good. Good to be back. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, and so, yeah, we'll go through the whole uh, usual agenda uh, recap from the week that just finished up. Uh, we'll do a preview of the week that is coming up and then we'll do our busts of the week as well. But um, yeah, we're only about uh, like a week, 10 days out from the draft. So I wanted to start there with you. Just uh, I don't know. You, you heard me and Todd talking about the draft last week. Just, uh, yeah, wanted to get a couple of your thoughts on how, how all of that unfolded. Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, first off, I, I do think that that was one of the better podcasts uh, we've seen from Pits and Peril so far. So, you know, just congratulations. I don't want to beat this with a dead horse uh, because you guys really went into it last week, but just my top three things. Uh, number one, I don't know if this league has ever had such a common enemy as this year, something that we can truly unite against to, you know, sure, we all want to win. I get it. That's our personal ambitions, but importantly, all want somebody else not to win. And that's Franco. My goodness, how could we can't let this guy get a three-peat? He's won two in a row. Good for him. He did it. Whoop-de-doo. But we cannot let this happen. So my mind has been with his head on a, you know, on a dartboard, figuring out how he can best, you know, take down his strategy. And uh, you know, truthfully, as it relates to this draft, I think it's wonderful that he, I believe, had the worst draft, even more so than uh, our buddy Bill, who I'll get to in a second here. But I think that his strategy was uh, not even questionable. It was non-existent. Uh, I understand he had some kind of uh, power outage, whether it was a power outage or hurricane or was under the needle. My goodness, I think we could all draft a better team in our sleep, even if we were half awake and bed at five in the morning picking up players, which some of us I think were. I'm one of them. So I don't know what he was doing. Maybe he wants to play from behind. I think it's reflected in all the players he's picking up now. But that guy, you know, I, I just don't see talent, very much talent on that team. Uh, so that's my number one. And I really wanted to highlight that. Um, number two, you know, Bill has a very risky team. And I want to put it that way, less a bad team. You know, when you have guys like McCaffrey and Henry, I mean, how do you not put those as potentially to the top running backs this year? You know, he has a team, even with uh, Gabe Davis, we all knew Gabe Davis going into the season was going to have an expanded role on a very pass happy, big time power offense. You know, I look at that team and I say, how great will it be if that guy can come in and really do some stuff, you know, um, that that's, what's fun about fantasy, you know, guys like bill who, yeah, like that's was a couple of my bills in the past couple of years, you get an injury or two and you are really screwed and trying to get out of the, get out of the cellar of the league. But my goodness, if that actually pays off, um, there is talent on that team when healthy to be, I would say, you know, a top five team, um, as a floor, but you got to stay healthy. Um, really, you know, I, we'll, we'll see what happens, buddy, but, uh, we'll, we'll go from there. And, uh, and you, by the way, did Todd look a little small to you, man? 
you know, he he was on video with his shirt off the whole thing. I'm like, first of all, I was like, man, is this guy skipped leg day or something? And then it occurred to me, he doesn't even do leg day. Like, I don't know what's like wrong with him. Maybe he needs, you know, some more protein or something. But uh, man, maybe I thought he competed in like men's karate tournaments or whatever, not like young boys, you know, that are like pre-teens and shit. So, uh, you know, whatever, whatever going on with Todd, I, I hope uh, I hope that he gets a little bit better and doesn't look so scrawny anymore. Um, anyways, the last thing I want to say is... Uh, um, as far as the the general draft, I think this this is the first time that there was a lot of parity with a lot of the teams. A, a couple of exceptions, um, obviously with Franco and um, you know I actually, I actually even think you know Todd didn't have the best draft, um, not not the worst by any means. But I think in years past there's been a pretty big discrepancy just from the start of the league with really the haves and the half nots. And you know this league this year, I can see you know, with an injury or two, you know, strong teams, I would say I'm one of the stronger teams and injury can really get me down. Um, you know, one of those, you know, less quote unquote, great teams on paper in the beginning being healthy and doing very well. So I'm really happy to see that. I think that's going to be fun. I think it's, it's, um, a much better experience when we're all fairly even with each other and we really all have to kind of sweat it out on a Sunday and Monday nights. Yeah. A couple, a couple quick thoughts there. First on Franco, um, yeah, man, totally agree with you. Um, right. I mean, I feel like a big part of fantasy football is not just like seeking victory, but also reveling in the pain that of others. And I mean, after after seeing him win two championships in a row, I'm, you know, it's satisfying to see him squirm a bit for sure early in the season here. Um, yeah, on Bill's team, um, yeah, I, I think you're totally right that uh, it's sort of a high risk, high reward kind of strategy that he ended up going with. Um, what I did find funny was that, uh, you know, probably about like halfway through the first set of games on Sunday, he was he was really feeling himself right first and group me. He was also texting me separately, really getting on my ass about uh, slandering his team on the podcast before that. But it's just funny how how quickly that turned around as well, because, you know, fantasy football it's such a up and down game that like you can be just riding high at like halftime of the first games and then like it, it can turn around quickly and so you know obviously he pulled out the win and uh, we'll go into that a little bit more but um yeah it's just that kind of roller coaster is uh is, is just funny to witness and yeah I mean and agree with you on your third point just about overall sort of parity in the league I think this is what I was saying last week I think everybody just kind of figured out how you know, how to approach the draft in general. And there's just not a huge uh, discrepancy, like you're saying, between the teams. So, um, yeah, maybe with that, jump into a recap of uh, week one matchups. Uh, I was thinking we'd start with your your matchup. You took down Todd's team uh, 153 to 125. Um, yeah, you had a massive game from Justin Jefferson. Uh, Todd had mentioned that you had a, you put together, uh, stacked him and Kirk Cousins, and that was looking real nice for you in week one. Um, Clyde Edwards Lair, he had a nice game as well. Um, I think the one thing maybe on your squad is that CD Lamb had a pretty concerning performance, in my opinion. And I think uh, that offense didn't seem like it was doing very well, and Dak's going to be injured. Um, so that might be just a bit of a concern for you at the moment, in my opinion. And then just on Todd's side, uh, there wasn't really anything remarkable or noteworthy. I thought it was just sort of a general kind of underperformance throughout his squad. And so, yeah, how are you uh, feeling about how that matchup turned out and uh, where your team's at? Yeah, um, you know, I would say just to start with me, you know, this was not a perfect week for uh, Franco's mini meatballs uh, in, in the slightest. Um, I think one of the things I thought of this year more than other years or just having guys that can explode on me, you know, and I think Todd alluded to that last week, but, you know, in this case, you know, Todd had a really tough week, so I didn't even necessarily need Kirk and, uh, you know, and Jefferson to be that good, but, uh, that, what, that definitely made me feel, uh, pretty, uh, pretty okay going into the, uh, Monday night game. Um, you know, when it comes to CD lamb, absolutely, uh, making sure that I get Laz uh, Lazard back healthy, you know, there, there's stuff, this is week one. Um, you know, I frankly feel really solid about my running back depth right now. 
Um, of course that can change with a singular, like a true injury to Kamara or something like that. But, you know, look, I, you know, had a good score this week. Um, you know, I had a couple, you know, really two to three players that really, um, outperformed, um, what, what I was planning on. Um, but the reality is, uh, you know, there's still a lot of work to go here and, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens even, you know, I, you know, as far as busts of the week go, I, personally believe there's two candidates on my team alone between lamb and, uh, and, uh, Kamara, um, in both cases, um, you know, there's two, two options here, either they bounce back in week two, or, you know, at least get to, uh, a don't kill me, uh, standpoint, you know, from a, from a points perspective, uh, or, uh, or they suck and they're bus and I can't get rid of them. And Franco is probably going to try to buy them for me for something ridiculous. So, uh, you know, we're, I I'm, I'm ready for all that. And, you know, I think that's any draft. It's very rare where you can, you know, hit on more than 80% of your picks. Um, and, you know, with me again, I, I feel like at least in the running back room, I got some depth there so I can play with that. Um, as far as Todd's go, um, you know, the reason why I said that I don't love Todd's team is he doesn't have any like truly explosive players from my perspective. He's got Lamar Jackson for sure. Like Lamar Jackson is a guy that absolutely can, you know, like I see he was projected for 23. He got 21. Like that's, that's an amazing floor for a quarterback. And yeah, that guy can get you weeks in, in the thirties or low thirties. But the reality is with the rest of this team, I don't see any guys like having one of those crazy breakout weeks. Um, you know, Mike Evans, sure. He can get a couple touchdowns. He had 15 points. I think that's like closer to what his ceiling will be. You know, you have Cortland Sutton, which I have a, on a couple of other leagues, um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, our mortal enemy, Russell Wilson can figure it out, get the ball to Sutton a little bit more, but Sutton is a guy that is coming off an injury. He's had good seasons before. There's a lot of fantasy speculation about him being the guy when I don't think there is anything very like uh, definitive. We hadn't seen it before of him being the guy for Russ. So, you know, look, that guy. I think has a similar ceiling to Evans on most days, you know, Russ has got some options. He doesn't have to go to Sutton. I think uh, Jerry Judy actually had quite a nice week uh, this week as well. So if I were Todd, I, I'd actually be more concerned about that than I would for me with CD lamb, just because CD got, I think like 10 or 11 targets. And it was just a really good, you know, honestly, like, a lot of things that Dallas did, but also Tampa Bay having a good defense. So I can rest my laurels a little bit on that. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, you know, with Travis Etienne, I'm sure he was looking at my bench and looking at uh, James Robinson and being a little envious, but, you know, I think some of this stuff will play out over time. I do think Kyle Pitts is going to have a fantastic season. Um, I read a thing that Marcus Mariota has a um, over indexes in how many tight end targets he typically throws to. So, you know, Kyle Pitts is a guy that could be that explosive guy for Todd for sure. But um, otherwise, I, I just, you know, I feel like his floor is low and I feel like his ceiling is also low and um, that the ceiling is low um, with guys like perform, like being Mike Evans weeks where they get their 10 to 15 points, you know, and that, that, that could be very problematic in, in this format of a league. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you, I think in terms of the lack of sort of explosive players. And I think you named the two that kind of, fit that category in terms of Lamar and Mike Evans. Like Evans is a dude who can, you can just like pop up with like three touchdowns any given week. But um, I think he does also has a super low floor and I'm not, I wouldn't be super confident in Tom Brady this year. I mean, the dude's like 45 and he's had a pretty weird off season altogether. So yeah. And then Kyle Pitts, man, like I'm kind of like, you know, I, I assume I'm going to be wrong about this, but I'm, I'm kind of like, what if he's actually not that great in the NFL? Like, I'm, I'm just like, I think he has a crazy ceiling, but I'm just not really sold on him yet. Like, I just don't feel like we've seen it quite just enough to really to justify the amount of like Bitcoin spend going into him in the, in the auction. Yeah, I mean, he's another bust of the week candidate for me, for sure. I think Todd's been around 20 Bitcoin um, on, on pits, and then he got two points out of it, uh, nearly three points. Um, you know, I'll, I'll disagree with you. If, if you want to jump on pits, talk about the Falcons, talk about that offensive line, talk about Marcus Mariotto, you know, talk about that defense. Um, but, you know, with pits, he's just, he's talent, man. You know, he is pure talent. So you're right. It might not be this year. But um, he did break a thousand yards last year with, I think, only one or two touchdowns. So, you know, assuming he has a positive regression just in his touchdown catches and assuming that the Falcons are playing from behind, you know, 
he'll get some targets, right? His problem is if teams are triple covering him because, you know, basically there's no one else to cover. So, um, you know, we'll see jury's out fantasy football, man. It's uh, we got many weeks ahead of us. Yeah, I know you're probably right about that. I'm definitely underestimating him, but um, yeah, I guess I just have my doubts. Um, all right, let's uh, move on to yeah. my matchup. I took down, uh, yeah, managed to take down Wally's squad, 150 to 125. Um, on Wally's side, he had uh, Keenan Allen going out with an injury uh, pretty early in that game. I think he was looking like he was on his way to a big day, uh, but uh, that kind of that kind of saved me a little bit. Um, Jerry Judy, Javante Williams had good games on, uh, I think they were, they were in the Monday night game. I wasn't able to watch that because that game starts at like 3 a.m. here. Um, on my side, uh, the weather in the Niners game and also T. Higgins getting a concussion pretty early on, that that had me pretty pretty worried. But um, yeah, I got big performances from Michael Pittman, um, DeAndre Swift, and Saquon, uh, of course, um, that was a nice surprise because he also played in a late game. So I woke up to see 30 points from him, which is a pretty, pretty good way to, to start the day. So, uh, yeah, I mean, on my side, I think it was a pretty, you know, just a good showing overall. Uh, saw a lot of things I liked, but um, yeah, one, one thing I noted about our matchup that I thought was pretty funny was that uh, I think our Wally's tight end and my tight end had a combined three targets for zero catches and zero points, which I found pretty hilarious. Um, especially after all the slander we were given toward uh, cam makers, but obviously cheap tight ends, not, not expecting as much. So it's not as big of a deal, but it was just funny that we collectively got zero points between them. Man. I mean, Hey, look, Wally's got some shit luck, man. I mean, just look, look at the names. Don't look at the numbers. Just look at the names on his roster. Like this team shouldn't be a 125 point team for the week. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Javante Williams, uh, Aaron Jones, Stafford Burrow. I mean, Allen had an injury, so that's concerning, you know, more, my goodness, like that guy, you know, that guy should be the number one target uh, for Baker. Uh, you know, Hey, he got some, you know, good, good luck from J- Jerry Judy. Um McLaren is concerning. I mean, he wasn't once his key target. Uh, Buffalo, obviously, Buffalo looked like the best defense um, just in week one. Um, you know, if, if I'm going to be critical about his team, I'm going to say Stafford is coming off injury stuff. Stafford had a tough game versus Buffalo. Um, I would say I stay away from Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati offense this year. Um, you know, and I, I know there's Jamar Chase, but I hate Super Bowl losers. I hate him. Um, so there's like not direct risk, but like kind of intangible risk here um, with him. But I, I fully expect Wally to bounce back this this week. I, I'd be I'd be very surprised if he can't score more than you know 140 uh, this this week. Um, as far as you, Twiz, I think your team is loaded. I just I and I I can go through the list. You're loaded. Pittman could easily be top five, top three receiver this year. Uh, Russ Wilson. I have him in a couple other leagues I and I hate him, but I truly expect he's going to be throwing the ball around. Uh, you got Nick Chubb for next to nothing. Saquon Barkley, I believe, had the best running back performance of uh, week one. Um, just from an excitement points all around, this guy is healthy and looking and that they're giving him the ball standpoint. So, you know, I think you I think you drafted extraordinarily well. Brandon Cooks, one of the most underrated picks I think in fantasy football this year, um, also having a couple other leagues, uh, he is getting targets. We care about targets who knows what his touchdowns will be, but you know, as long as he's getting those targets and as your wide receiver three to have a floor of about 10 points, that's a really good position to be in. So, um, you know, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this one. I, I think the roster is pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. I guess the one thing I'm concerned about both for fantasy football and NFL football is, is, Trey Lance. I mean, I think there's just a huge range of possible outcomes for him, but um, yeah, we'll have to see. Cause that, that game against the bears was kind of a mess in a lot of different ways with just like the weather, the penalties and everything. So we'll have to, well, I think the jury's still out on that one, but um, he's, he's definitely got me, got me a little nervous though, moving forward. Um, With that, that game hard not to, and he's also my bust of the week list, but um, I, I, I personally expect um, much better floors moving forward, assuming they're not playing in monsoons. Yeah, I, I hope you're right. 
Um, okay, moving on to the next matchup. Uh, Keenan took down Nikki's team, uh, 145, 135. Um, Keenan had uh, big weeks from Michael Thomas and a, a very random big week from Devin Duvernay the, with two touchdowns each. Um, he also had Amon Ross St. Brown, who, yeah, finished last season real strong and he's looking, looking like the real deal. Um, had a good start to the, to the season week one, uh, on Nikki's side, he had, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, just looking really, really good. But I think the, on the bad side for him, he had Damian Pierce, who I don't think saw the field as much as people expected. And also Josh Jacobs didn't, uh, get as many touches either. So, um, yeah, Nikki going down, uh, losing by 10 points and starting the season. Oh, and one. I, I think Nikki is the best team to lose this week. Um, I, meaning he has the best roster that actually lost, um, you know, Keenan to his credit had a great week. Um, I would say Keenan to me, Keenan is the one guy in this league that likes running backs more than I do. So when I look at his running back roster specifically, which is where he did invest a lot of cash outside of Justin Herbert, um, you know, Eckler is going to have a better week. You know, I think it was like the top five running backs taken this year all had bust like performances, uh, in week one. So that will be better, but he needs that guy to be better. Zeke. I, I would be very, very concerned about Zeke, you know, Dak Prescott being out does impact guys like CD for sure. But Zeke's, you know, strength is that he's a down the field runner and he catches balls from Dak. And their offensive line is not that great. They're likely going to be moving Cooper cut um, Cooper rush around uh, to get the ball out. So especially with uh, just blanking on the, the, the backup name there, like that is a serious, serious concern. And especially for a player that in my perspective is slow down and look fat and, you know, you know, he isn't like small, like Todd, but like, you know, like old and fat type, like football player, you know? Um, so, you know, look with Keenan, like he, his receivers have played incredibly well. I can, you know, I imagine these numbers are more ceiling-ish numbers than, you know, like normal, like Mike Thomas, 10 to 15 points a week. Totally see that. Uh, St. Brown, same idea. Debo Samuel, like hopefully he doesn't get hurt, but we'll, we'll see what happens with the Niners offense generally. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll just, we'll see with that team. Um, I think there's a lot more interesting aspects about that team and, you know, with Nikki again, like that, that roster's loaded Dalvin cook getting 12 points for that game. Like that's not, that's not consistent. Like to me, Dalvin cook is a much better runner, for example, than Eckler. He's just used more traditionally, um, Diggs Brown, those guys are going to be top five receivers this year. If they keep up that usage, uh, Patrick Mahomes clearly is angry, you know, and like, I think there's too much narrative about them getting rid of Tyree kill and too much narrative about how he had a bad season last year, where I think he and Andy Reid are just going to unleash hell in the world. Hell he gave my guy Clyde Edwards two touchdowns. You know what I mean? So look from that perspective, those three guys can carry Nikki plus Dalvin cook. And yeah, Nikki will have to figure out that that second running back, but I don't think that's too difficult looking at his roster. He does have um, David Montgomery on that team. Uh, he has even Trevor Lawrence on his bench that he can even switch in for Winston. Um, you know, if it just Trevor Lawrence can be that guy this year, you know what I mean? So Nikki's team best to lose this week. Um, I'll, I'll look forward to seeing, see what happens with him. Yeah, I think on um, Keenan's side, just the one interesting piece here is that on his bench, he's got uh, J.K. Dobbins, who didn't play, DeAndre Hopkins, who's suspended to start the season, and Brian Robinson, who unfortunately got shot before the season, which again is an insane story. But um, yeah, so his bench is a little bit clogged right now because of that, but he's got these guys that are going to be coming back, you know, at some point and might give him a boost. Uh, we'll have to see about that, especially I think Dobbins might be a little... Dicey. Well, I guess him and Robinson just coming back from the injuries, but if they can come back strong, I think he's going to be getting a nice boost there midway. We'll see, man. Um, I, uh, let's win the week, you know, let's not win week eight, you know, in week one, you know, exactly. uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Um, moving on, uh, Bill's team took down ACE, uh, 140 to 131. Um, Bill had good games from Tyreek Hill, uh, Gabe Davis, who mentioned Cordero Patterson sort of picked up where 
I guess he kind of finished the season week last year, but he picked up where he was sort of mid season where he was putting up big numbers. Um, I think, right. It was slightly worrying maybe with, in terms of the usage for Christian McCaffrey and uh, Derek Henry had a bad game, but I assume those, those numbers, numbers will uh, bounce back. And then on Ace's side, uh, he had a big game from Jamar Chase. Uh, same with Jonathan Taylor and Joe Mixon. Um, Mike Williams somehow managed to only put together two points, even with Keenan Allen getting injured early on. So that's a little puzzling to me. But um, yeah, Bill coming out with the win there. Uh, right. Again, he was really feeling himself and then. He ended up not uh, putting together the week that he was expecting, but still getting the W. Yeah, I mean, this is the 2004 Niner quarterback matchup, you know, like I, you know, these these guys really invested in their position players. They have really good position players, but their quarterbacks are god awful. I mean, first of all, I, I, I. I'm surprised that Ace's name didn't unfortunately get brought up more in last week's podcast about having kind of an, a very similar draft to Bill. If when you just look at it side by side uh, to, you know, Bill paid gave Franco way too many Bitcoin to get Ryan Tannehill, you know, like he's feeding the beast there. It's like, yeah, let's, let's make Franco fatter. You know, I'm sure Megan would love that. Um, so, you know, this like, like Jonathan Taylor, McCaffrey, Henry, Chase, Hill, Thielen, Williams, like there's these guys that are all, you know, they're all, you know, top three rounds in more traditional, uh, you know, rotisserie leagues, right? These quarterbacks are going to hold both these teams back. Um, and, you know, if one of those running, if like Taylor or McCaffrey get injured, then these teams are going to have a serious problem finding those points. So, um, you know, we'll see. I, I would love for both these teams to be successful. I love watching those players play, obviously not against me, but, um, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, both these teams are like the, the, the risk teams of, of, of the year from my perspective. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I had said, uh, last week that I thought Ace did quite well in the draft, but I might have, I think I might have underestimated how bad his quarterback situation is with right, Mac Jones putting up nine and a half points. Uh, you know, uh, Trey didn't do that much better, but at least he was in garbage weather. So there was a built in excuse there. But yeah, I, I think, um, right, Ace gets a little bit of underperformance from his sort of skill position guys. And then that really highlights how weak he is at quarterback. So yeah, we'll have to see if he's able to do anything about that, but he would have to probably pull off a trade for that. Yeah. I, you know, I just think they didn't hold enough budget for quarterback. You know, if they have, if there's number two quarterback, isn't that great to me, week two, whatever, they can figure that out. They can make a trade. They can find somebody off the waiver wire. But when your one and two looks that bad, you know, then that's where I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know, well, uh, again, fingers crossed. I, I'm rooting for those guys because they're not Franco, but we'll, um, I, I just, they have a, they have a steep hill to climb out that specifically. Yeah, for sure. And just the two QB situation just makes, yeah, as you're saying, just sort of really highlights, uh, really accentuates it when you are not strong at the position. Um, okay, last matchup from last week uh, was Cappy taking down Franco, who we've mentioned before. Uh, he beat him 145-110. So that was quite a, I think that was probably the blowout of, of the week. Um yeah, huge game for on Cappy's side, huge game for Josh Allen. Then uh, he actually got less than five points out of Aaron Rodgers, which is a little a little shocking. Um, Devontae Adams had a huge number of targets in, in uh, for the Raiders in the first game there with his new team. And yeah, he had uh, Cappy got two touchdowns out of Travis Kelsey, uh, just true to form. And actually, to me, a surprisingly good game out of uh, Antonio Gibson. And then on Franco's side, uh, right, he just looks like Jalen Hurts is just a just a great fantasy asset overall. I don't think he's a great NFL quarterback, but for fantasy purposes, he is he, he's really good. Um, Cooper Cup did his thing. Uh, Jalen Waddle did well as well. But then um, I think we've already gone over this in, in the group chat a bit. But yeah, Allen Robinson got nothing done. And uh, our boy, Scam Acres, zero points. Absolutely brutal. Franco putting up 110 points, the lowest total of the week. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's back to back champ putting up the not just the lowest total in the league in week one, but 110 points. Like if you know, if you're talking 120, 125, to me that's like a respectable, but 110, I mean, you are you are like a touchdown away from not breaking a hundo, man. Like that is sad pathetic and you know franco is desperate to pick up players right now and i love it because i can feel that desperation that he preyed on for two years straight in this league and now he has it and it smells like thanksgiving dinner it's great but um you know look if i'm just going to be uh analytical about this team, Jalen Hurts, Cooper Cup, best guys on this team by a long shot. Not even, not even a question there. Um, why I gave him so much crap about Cam Akers is he clearly didn't do his homework. There was a lot of news coming out of camp about Cam Akers not looking good and Daryl Henderson at, at the very least being a split backfield. So to rely on Ramondre Stevenson, Cam Akers in week one, I know he just made the trade for Gibson, but like that coaching staff, yeah, Gibson could win the role. I get it. He cannot fumble. He's a good player. I get it. But that coaching staff, I think, has already made their decision on Gibson. So, you know, look, I think Franco has a lot. If I were Franco, I would move Hertz or Cup right now. I would get maximum value for them. I would get some depth. Um, and I would try to not just fix holes with like guys like Gibson or, you know, off the waiver wire, but, you know, fix these holes with, you know, two legitimate starters. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to rip on Franco anymore, but uh, he, I'm not sure what he was doing. I'm not sure what was going on. I'm not sure if there's, uh, you know, uh, if he didn't have enough, spig um, you know, spaghetti and meatballs that night for dinner, but uh, he did not look like he had the appetite for this draft. Um, and then, uh, you know, Alex Cappy side, uh, he has another roster that I love. I mean, Twiz, you, his, like to me, is loaded. Yeah, he's got a little bit of a problem with his second running back, but, you know, Allen, Rogers, Rogers will bounce back. He was missing Lazard. I was, I stayed away from Devontae Adams personally this year, um, just because like, Derek Carr is not Aaron Rodgers. In order to believe in the Raiders, you have to believe in Derek Carr. And, you know, Cappy took a risk. I, I, I don't know what he, what he paid for, but that could be a great investment. You know, I love Devontae Adams as a player. So great. Um, you know, those receivers are a little light, but I, you know, I, I think that Cappy, those quarterbacks um, and guys like Kelsey, guys like Adams, um, guys like James Conner, um, especially with uh, Cardinals being at the goal line a lot of the time. Like, I think that is a really good foundational core for him. Um, you know, kind of opposite from the, from the bill ace matchup where I'm just looking at those quarterbacks and shaking my head and saying, guys, you, you, you slipped on ice here. You know, here I'm looking at Cappy situation of saying he's got two excellent quarterbacks and it may even make sense for him to move like a Rogers to get a, perhaps a better receiver or something like that. So uh, not, not, nothing much more there. Yeah. Um, it's funny. You were talking about Franco being the sort of coming off of a championship and shitting the bed week one. And it's funny. It's funny because there's a lot of parallels with the Rams just getting just, you know, just getting dumped on the first game of the season. And Franco also happens to be pretty heavily invested in the Rams. So just a lot of uh, a lot of funny little parallels there. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Cappy's team's pretty looking pretty strong. But yeah, I I would actually I would have some questions about his receiving core because he's got Devontae Adams. Yeah, I think we know who he is. And if he's getting that much uh, that many targets every week from Carr, then I think he's going to have a good season. But Mari Cooper, Elijah Moore as his uh, remaining wide receivers um, starters. Yeah, that's that's tough for me. Um, I think both of those guys are I, I think there's a super low floor for both of them. And, you know, they didn't have a big week this time around. But uh, yeah, he got enough points elsewhere to, to put up a put up a pretty good score. I mean, hey, look, I'll, I'll dig in one layer lower now. I love Elijah Moore. He's on two of my other teams. Um, I think that guy is going to be the reception leader in the jets, despite who's playing quarterback. So I think, you know, in a month from now, it'll look like Devonte Adams is clear cut. Number one, Elijah Moore as like a solid number two. And then for him, it'll be figuring out that third. Um, and also just to note, um, AJ Dillon got nearly 18 points. Aaron Jones didn't. Everyone's been talking about a split backfield. Everyone's been talking about, you know, hey, how how are these splits going to line up? Like there is 
a legitimate possibility here that Cappy won the Packers backfield, especially if Aaron gets hurt. So, you know, I was saying like, hey, look, he needs to figure out this running back too. That could very well be on his roster right now. And that is that could be a very, very big time weapon for him, especially with the Rodgers, Dylan, uh, you know, connection there that he's got. Yeah, I mean, I think that sort of uh, Aaron Jones, uh, AJ Dillon split. I mean, I think it was like close to sort of 50, 50 ish. And if that's even just, that's the case moving forward, right. Obviously from uh, Cappy invested much less in AJ Dillon than I don't know who, who has Aaron Jones, but whoever got him and obviously paid up much more. So I think the value is clearly on Dillon's side there. Um, okay. So then let's move on to uh, the week two matchups. Um yeah, I think let's start with, uh, yeah, you're taking on Franco. Um, so I'm going to go through some of the injuries and transactions and stuff. And this is going to be, just bear with me, because there's quite a bit that has happened on Franco's side since uh, the end of week one. So during week one, he had uh, Dak go down to a hand injury, um, right? I think they were talking about six to eight weeks. And then Jerry Jones is like saying it's me four weeks. So it's kind of a situation seems pretty up in the air there. Um a little hectic. Uh, Chris Godwin came back from, I think it was an ACL injury, but then also immediately went out with a, with a injured hammy. So again, pretty chaotic situation there. Um, Franco and Cappy pulled off a trade. Franco acquired Antonio Gibson. He sent Jalen Waddle over to, to Cappy. Then in waivers, Franco picked up Robbie Anderson for 15 Bitcoin, uh, which is a little funny to me because I was the only other bidder and I bid one Bitcoin for him. Um, Franco picked up Tyler Higby for 11 Bitcoin and Rex Burkhead for 10 Bitcoin. Uh, I don't think anybody else bid on those guys. So overall, a lot going on here. Franco obviously just keeping himself busy in the pepperoni factory right now, just churning through his roster because I think he knows uh, he knows he's in trouble otherwise. And then on your side, you didn't make any waiver moves, but you did grab a few smaller pieces uh, for free afterwards in free agency. So, um, yeah, I guess uh, the one thing that pops to mind for, for me is that picking up Higby, Ty, uh, Franco is even more invested into the Rams offense right now, which is, which is interesting. Um, yeah, what are your, what's your feeling about, about the matchup? Yeah, I mean, like I, yeah, like I don't really value too much the Yahoo projections, truthfully. Um, I, and just on my side, I'm happy Franco is okay knowing this. Like, there's three positions on my starting roster that I'm debating between, and I truthfully don't know who's going to be in those positions come come game day. So, you know, I'm figuring stuff out. I'm waiting back from Lazard's news personally. I like my roster right now. For the most part, these guys are healthy. Um, for the most part, these guys can go ape if they so chose. So, I'm cool with Franco. You know, I think when I look through it. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have another great game. A lot of fun. There's the both Monday night football versus Jefferson and Kirk Cousins on my end. So that, that'll be fun just from a league perspective watching that. Um, you know, the reason why I don't like Tom Brady, and I agree with you, this might be his kind of lower year, has nothing to do with Tom Brady. It has to do with his offensive line. He's on his like third center. They have like a hurt guard. I think they have a hurt tackle. Like that offensive line is very, very beat up. And obviously I have, you know, Leonard Fournette there. So you know, what does that mean for me? But for, to me, Fournette's a guy that they're just going to give the ball to, to hammer out, you know, hammer out yards. Um, so, you know, look, well, I, I don't love Brady for that reason, but we'll see cup stud talked about rest of the receivers. <laughs> okay. Um, Michael Carter, I think part of his, uh, the reason why he, um, he had a pretty solid week one, if my memory serves, um, you know, that was a pretty negative game script for most of that game. I mean, Baltimore was, uh, taking them to town. So, you know, you got a guy in the backfield named Brees Hall, who was the first pick first running back pick in the draft this year. I think it's not, it's not if it's when with that guy. So, you know, assuming that they can, you know, stay competitive with a bad Cleveland team, like I can see those splits getting a lot more, uh, I mean, those carries being a lot more split. And so that's just running back one Gibson, you know, that's a big offensive game versus Detroit. You know, I, I have no idea how to even think about Gibson right now. Higby Rams, 
bad team in Atlanta, who knows how much they'll be passing the ball um, outside of um, cup, you know, hopefully they get to my guy uh, D D money, not cam Akers in Franco's face, Henderson, you know? Um, and then of course, Marquise Brown, he's like fine. So I just like with Franco's team, I, I, that's why I say like hurts cup, get a deal for them, get two really good players. I just, there's too many of these guys that are like, eh, you know, sure. They could break loose. Sure. They could have those touches in the right situation, but, eh, you know, um, and that's coming from our champ and all due respect. He won two championships for the most part, fair and square, except for that Aaron, um, Aaron Jones debacle a couple of years ago. But, uh, you know, he, he didn't come to play ball this year. It feels like to me. Yeah. And I mean, totally agree with everything you're saying. Um, yeah. Michael Carter, I mean, relying on a Jets running back in a committee that just doesn't feel great to me. And I think he, he spent quite a bit of Bitcoin this week and I don't think he got any, any difference makers out of that. Um, Robbie Anderson, Tyler Higgy, Rex Perkhead. I mean, yeah, I, it just doesn't feel like he's right. I, I think he just needs to, he's been making a bunch of small moves uh, so far. And I think um, at some point, like you're saying, he, he might have to just move one of these big pieces and kind of right up the risk profile for the, for the trades and, and see if he can like really just sort of change the direction of his team. So yeah, uh, look, just from probably perspective, maybe one of them will hit good for him. That's only one hitting. And for the record, I did put a bid on one player. I'll leave that guy un- unnamed, but uh, you know, I, I, I didn't think about spending more than 10% of my budget on that guy. I just don't think that I don't, I think my bench had some of the guys that would have gone for big, uh, big budgets this, uh, this week, if they were on the waiver wire, but not, I didn't see the value. So, um, I agree with you there. He's getting guys, not dudes, not, uh, not men, you know, not, not really good looking men like Thor, you know, he's just getting, uh, he's getting little tots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I gotta agree with you. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you want to make a prediction on your own matchup, but I definitely, uh, yeah, definitely see you taking that one down. Yeah, we'll see. I, you know, I, I got, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I hope to score more than 140. If I can score one more than 140 in this matchup, I'll feel pretty good. But, um, you know, Jefferson had a huge week last week. I need other guys to perform. I need, I'm most concerned about Kamara. I'll be perfectly open with that, you know, new offensive coach. So assuming Kamara can get back to that 15 to 20 point range, I'll feel good. Um, if not, I'm, I'm going to be a little more concerned. So, um, yeah, I mean, sure. I'll, I'll win just based off what we have here, but, um, anything can happen if Franco comes back and beat me, especially with all the shit talking, like that's karma. I get it. You know, lesson learned. Well, not lesson learned. I'll still continue to do it, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) such is life. Yeah, and uh, it would be funny to me if uh, on your side uh, Henderson has a big game and Acres is on the bench for Franco. Um, yeah, that would be pretty funny. Um, okay, so moving on to my matchup with Ace. Um, yeah, so last week, uh, as I mentioned, T. Higgins uh, had a concussion, but you know it's just a brain injury. So I'm hoping that you know. Hopefully he'll be back this week. Definitely possible. But if not, I assume he'll be back by next week. Um, on Ace's side, uh, Mac Jones had some kind of back injury, I believe. And so um, Ace went ahead and picked up Jacoby Brisket for uh, one pit coin. And it seems like he's expecting to, to start him. So I personally, I like the sound of that. Um, on my side, uh, I picked up Gerald Everett for six Bitcoin and I outbid Franco who had put down uh, a three Bitcoin bid. And then just a funny little thing that happened was that I picked up the Cleveland defense for two Bitcoin and I ended up outbidding ace, my opponent this week who bid one. So that was a funny little thing. I was, (laughs) I had bid two specifically to, for, for this reason, because I could imagine somebody just putting in one, one, uh, one Bitcoin bid and thinking they've, they're going to pull it down, but just, uh, just up the ante a tiny bit. And yeah, ended up getting that. I mean, obviously not a, not any kind of game changing pickup, but it was just funny that I was able to block my, my own opponent for the week from, from getting the, getting the defense he wanted. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, right, like you're saying, Yahoo projections don't mean much, but they give us a bit of a sort of like, you know, a 
framework to understand who's favored here. Yahoo has me ahead by about five or six points. Um, I don't feel particularly great about the matchup. Um, right. I think uh, as we were discussing, he's weak at quarterback, but the rest of his team definitely worries me. Um, I think, right. Jamar Chase can do go off any week. Mike Williams coming off of a poor performance and going up against Kansas city. I assume that'll be a high scoring game and he could, he could have a big game. Um, yeah. Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon, um, just great fantasy players. And um, yeah, he has Chase Edmonds, Chase Edmonds in his flex, who I've personally just, I'm very high on him in general. Like I just think every time I see him play, he just looks really good. So overall um, yeah, I think Ace, you know, we, we talked about his weaknesses, but I still think he's got a uh, strong team here. Short and sweet, your matchup, lo- lo- love your perspective. Um, Twiz, you're in a position where you're tweaking. You're not, you're not trying to make any wholesale changes. There's nothing structurally wrong with your team. It's just, yeah, you, you know, pick up the Cleveland defense here, you know, spend one more Bitcoin, you know, oh, you know, Daryl Everett. Yeah. Okay, cool. We're cool. Right. We're good. Uh, with Ace, if he wins this matchup, it's going to be because of three players going freaking nutso. Jamar Chase and Jonathan Taylor, the guys we know but he, he needs Mike Williams to be the number one receiver in that game. And, you know, Keenan Allen got a lot of targets last, last week. He's going to be hurt for this week. So Mike Williams has the opportunity. He has the role. He has the chance to do that. But even with those three, they have to put up enough points to compensate for the rest of this. You know, your floor at quarterback is – is basically to me five to 10 points more than, you know, the ceiling for his quarterbacks, you know, like, I, I think that Dalton Schultz is a bad tight end. You know, I think that's a bad, bad pick. And I think Chase Edmonds, I, I like Chase Edmonds typically as well, but, you know, Baltimore stuffed the Jets running game uh, this past week. So, you know, that just could be a, 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 a bad luck, um, you know, mat- matchup thing. But I stand by my point. Jamar Chase, Mike Williams, Jonathan Taylor, those guys need to go nuts. So for him to really have a shot, assuming your players, um, you know, play fairly competitively and there's nothing too unforeseen from like an early injury perspective or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's funny you mentioned Schultz, right? I think Todd called that out as one of the, one of the bad picks of the draft. Um, right. I, I think he is. So have you ever heard of the the phrase Jaffa? It, it stands for just another fucking Australian. I think this is like a British phrase. I heard it from my buddy who went to, to college in, in Scotland, but like, I just think of these guys and like, don't get me wrong. Like Gerald Everett is firmly in this category of just like, just another fucking tight end. Like, jafties i guess i don't know but like all these guys like i'm you, you cycle through them throughout the year and they're all just a lateral move between like from one guy to another like you're you're just looking for you just assume you're going to get like what four to seven points per per week and then like you're just looking for the one guy who is going to happen to score a touchdown that week and like yeah I, I like i know i'm definitely in that category which is why i didn't spend on that but i think yeah ace ended up paying a pretty high premium for a dude who just falls straight into that category, as you were saying, and as Todd had said before. So, um, and what could be funny, what we could be joking about this time next week is the reason why Mike Williams didn't have nearly as big of a game as he could have is because touchdowns went to Gerald Everett, you know, like that is very, very possible here. And uh, if that does happen, Haha, you know, I have Mike Williams myself in a couple of other leagues. I like Mike Williams a lot, but um, he's very reliant on those guys. And you're not reliant on Gerald Everett putting up a crazy game. And that's the difference. I'll just say about Mike Williams. I remember you had him on your squad last year and he scored. He dropped like fucking like 45 points on me like that week. It was that was really brutal. So I've been hurt before by him. And just uh, I'll be hoping that doesn't happen again. Um. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to anger the fantasy gods by making a prediction on my matchup, but uh, oh, you- come on, you made me do that. Oh, you come on, <laughs> yeah, come I, on, I got Chris, you. you're better than that. I got you to jinx yourself, <laughs> man. Um, yeah, do you have a do you have a prediction for the for the matchup? Yeah, I mean, like you you should win. I you know, Twiz, you, you should win, man. Um, again, same same rule of thumb, early injuries, 
uh, performing to, you know, performing to, you know, their, their kind of ceiling or beyond. But I, I think that while aces, um, point scorer projected looks okay. I think those quarterbacks, you know, I just, I don't like Brissett at all. And Matt Ryan to me, like if Jacksonville, if they can really beat Jacksonville, then like the ball's going to Jonathan Taylor, which is great for him, but that still means two of his quarterbacks aren't scoring anything. And in this league, you need at least one of your quarterbacks to put up legitimate points to have a shot. Yep. Um, all right, let's move on to Keenan and Wally. We're getting a little long here, so let's uh, maybe speed up just a bit. Um, I think only no actual transactions in this matchup. Nobody, nobody from waivers. The only thing that happened last week was uh, the Keenan Allen injury that I mentioned. Um, yeah, to me, this is a matchup that feels just like a like a toss up. Like it's for me, it's a it's a coin flip. What do you? Uh, how do you see this? Totally agree. Um, I'm just scanning some of these matchups right now. I think, if, yeah, I mean, feel bad for Wally, but Justin or Butt looks like he's got some sweet, sweet, uh, you know, just matchups for some of his guys. He's got some of those chargers in the big game on Thursday. He's got a bounce back opportunity from Debo. He's got a really high score potential with that Detroit Washington game. Um, both actually St. Brown and Hawkinson. Um, who knows about Dubernay, but I don't think he's relying on him too much. Um, same with uh same with Ezekiel Elliott. Whereas, you know, Wally, you know. Bounce back Aaron Jones. We'll see what Javante Williams. I probably I, I give the tie to 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 Keenan right now. Um, but I agree with you. This is a pretty coin flip and this can go in a lot of different directions. Yeah, I agree with you. I would uh I, I'd pick Keenan here as well. But um yeah, again, I think uh, this is this is about as 50-50 as we as we get. Um okay, uh next matchup, Bill versus Cappy. Um on Cappy's side, he had uh, Elijah Mitchell injured um, last week. So he picked up Jeff Wilson for 12 Bitcoin. He outbid Franco, who uh, had bid eight. He also, I think he added Jarvis Landry earlier. And then on Bill's side, he picked up Donovan Peoples-Jones, Brown's receiver, for eight Bitcoin. Um, yeah, what do you think? Cappy should win this matchup. I mean, I think that's fairly clear here. You know, there's he 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 had Elijah Mitchell, Eli Mitchell, which is why I got Wilson Jr. That's like probably the weakest point on his active roster right now. At Cooper, that that and Cooper are probably his weakest point on his active roster right now. Um, where again, Aces just has this quarterback issue. And then, you know, he, with Baltimore is a much better defense this year. He needs Tyree Kill to get some more volume. Gabe Davis needs to do similar things. We don't know yet. He very well could. Julio Jones, actually, I think is fantastic. I don't know if he picked him up or not, but that's great. So, you know, again, this, this will be, I think, a more close matchup. Like this could be one of those like, hey, you know, two, three point games for sure. Um, and I can actually see this matchup going above projections above the kind of 150 mark um to to, to do that but uh i i, I if cappy Dutt can't win this one um I, there's there's going to be something bad that happens you know and and i, I sincerely hope that doesn't happen happen for uh for for cappy i i don't, don't want to see that yeah i agree that's, with that's you. yourself yeah yeah, no, I think uh, I think Cappy agree. I think Cappy takes us down. I think um, the player I'd be looking at for him is Kelsey. And again, I think a high scoring game most likely against the Chargers. And if that does end up being high scoring, then I think um, right Kelsey's likely to score at least one touchdown. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I think his team is just just more evenly balanced. And and yeah, I, I think he'll be uh, likely the, the likely winner this week. Um, all right. Last matchup of the week is Nikki versus Todd. Um, on Todd's side, Najee Harris uh, injury. Not sure if he's going to miss any time. Um, and then in terms of transactions, Nikki picked up Curtis Samuel for 15 Bitcoin. He outbid five people. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the guy you you placed a bid on. I did as well. Um Nikki also picked up Jamal Williams for five Bitcoin. And meanwhile, Todd made 
uh, no moves on waivers, which I thought was interesting given the potential Najee injury and his own self-proclaimed weakness at running back. Um, yeah, I, I, I see Nikki getting the win here. Um, yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Nikki wins. Yeah. Straightforward, simple enough. I mean, I think Todd, yeah, I think he's just been at running back and probably needs to, needs to make a move there of some kind. Um, and otherwise, yeah, I, I think he's just too weak at a critical position. I, even if he puts in Brees Hall over Najee Harris because of an injury, like the roster just isn't as good. Yeah. You know, exactly. I, I like, I, you know, I think Nikki forgets that he does very well for himself professionally, but that's all in USD. I would say that he doesn't have the same type of funds for PTC. So <laughs> I think he, was getting a little confused there with how much he was spending, you know, like, Oh yeah, I can buy a super big house in fantasy. Not really. Uh, he should go more for that like condo experience, I would say, um, and tell his wife and two kids that, Hey, you know, this is just what we have to do in the PTC household. Um, so I, you know, I, I can, Nikki's usually, I think was very good with his PTC last year. So maybe he felt like this year he wants to be more aggressive with it. Um, which is like an, an equally dangerous thing to do, like be aggressive for the right players. Uh, Curtis Samuel, yes, I put it in, but he spent 15% of his budget on Curtis Samuel. If that works out, Mazel Tov, but um, wide receiver is usually the deepest position. So there's going to be opportunities down the line to find high producing wide receivers. Um, and that's what, that's what I'll say. Yeah, makes sense. So I guess what you're saying is that Curtis Samuel is just the overpriced McMansion that Nikki just uh, put a just got a mortgage on. Um, okay, man, uh, we're reaching the end here. Unless there's anything uh, else you wanted to, to say this time around, I think we can get to our Peter North busts of the week. Hey, I'm just looking for another great one, guys. Uh, this is this is so much fun and. Uh... You know, I can see everything I said today being absolutely wrong as well. And if that does happen, I sincerely hope that you guys make make that very clear to me. Um, I would be deeply, deeply disappointed if that wasn't the case. Yeah, man, we're all we're, you know, somehow even on things where Todd and I disagree, I feel like we're just wrong. Both of us are wrong every time on the podcast. So so <laughs> I feel like that's just how it goes. Um, all right. Bust of the week, man. Who do you uh, who do you have? Okay, I'm just going to name some names until I get to the actual bust of the week here. So Kyle Pitts, Russell Wilson, CeeDee Lamb, uh, Alvin Kamara, Trey Lance, uh, you know, generally tight ends outside of Travis Kelsey on top of Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, Cam Akers. But these guys all had poor weeks. Austin Eckler, um, oh, Der- Derek Henry. These guys all had like shitty weeks. It's week one. So, you know, I, I think for most of these players, you, you, you don't even bat an eye with just say, all right, week one, like this, this is going to be fun. We're going to be fine here. Right. Um, so for me, the bust of the week goes to not a player on the field, but a player in the standings. And that's our double league champion, Franco. He, his team busted, you know, bad draft, bad everything, but 110 points, even with a bad draft, get 120, you know? So to me, look up and down that roster of that week. There are a lot of guys that you can put in that conversation. Um, love the cam thing again, but Franco do better, buddy. Uh, we, we are a competitive league here. We all try, we all put a lot of time, energy and put our families aside for four months. Like we need you to do the same too. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, on my side, uh, I hate to do this to you, man, but you've, you've actually mentioned, you mentioned him a couple times, but the guy I see busting this week is going to be your boy, Alvin Kamara. Um, it's going up against Tampa Bay. Um, it seems like he was like, he's got some kind of slight injury going on and I think he's facing a good defense. And I think Jameis, his quarterback now just isn't the type of guy who wants to check down. I think when things go wrong, he just wants to fucking chuck it. And, you know, he's going to throw a shitload of interceptions because of it. And he'll throw a lot of touchdowns because of it as well. But I just don't see a lot of that action going towards Kamara, unfortunately. So, yeah, I hate to be that guy, but I see him not having a great week this time around. But I still think you'll pull it off anyway. So, um, yeah, I I don't think that's going to be enough for Franco to pull pull this off. Yeah, we'll see. Again, he's my biggest concern right now. So we'll see. 
I could be screwed and that'll be that. I'll move on. <laughs> cool, man. All right. Well, um, good luck this week. Uh, I, I'm sure we're all pulling for you to, to just dump all over Franco again. Cause you know, I think that'll just make all of us happy and let him start going to and squirm a little more because surely he does not want to get, he, he, he's a hairy man. Surely he does not want to get waxed. So, um, even though that would bring me great, great joy to see, but, uh, yeah, good luck. You too, man. Uh, great, great as always chatting, uh, happy, happy Estonia to you. And, uh, hopefully we get you back to uh, God's country here sooner rather than later. All right. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Um, good night, Germany. And, uh, yeah, signing off till next week. Hopefully Todd, get your ass back to podcasting. Cause, uh, yeah, I've done enough of this for now. Yeah, we all have actual jobs. Come on, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> all right, See man. I'll see you later. Cheers. Peace.